Before we get started, there's something I'm really excited to share with you. It's no secret that we think diversifying your income is incredibly important. One way that we do it is by investing in rental properties. We've done a ton of research, interviewed experts, and invested over $100,000 of our own money in income-producing rental properties. I am proud to announce that we're launching Rental Properties for Passive Investors. It's a course on exactly how you can passively invest in rental properties. Like our podcast, it's incredibly actionable and details exactly how we've both purchased and managed our rental properties. It also includes a year of investable, the analysis tool we use to make sure the rental properties we purchase are actually profitable. Finding the deal is half the battle. You need to know your numbers to make a profitable investment. We're running a pre-sale for $100 off. Head over to listenmoneymatters.com slash REI to learn more. That's listenmoneymatters.com slash REI for $100 off rental properties for passive investors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. The difference between analysis and action is success. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew Andrew. How are you and what are you drinking? Dude, I am I'm better than usual because mm. uh, we had an awesome listener, Robert. I'll, I'll spare his last name okay. to the show. Uh, and he sent us some really delicious craft beer. That, oh, my uh, God. Uh, dude, it's awesome. So I, so, the, so I didn't know it was coming. I get a box at my front door. And you're like the Unabomber. I swear to dude, I'm not kidding. I, I so it's like it's got black tape on it. It's packaged it was well. Duct taped so it, hardcore. Yeah. It took so, me like 20 minutes to open it. Seriously. No, I, me too. And here's the thing: like that is how you ship beer. He mm. he he's done this before, right? Because I've 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 you know I've received beer from from people who have like in part of the beer trade community that they know how to ship beer. Like he knew styrofoam had beer size. Yep. Sections and yep. Uh, Ziploc bags, uh, electrical tape over the bottle caps. Like, yeah, he knew what he was in doing. a garbage bag in case there's spillage. So I, but it just, I didn't know it was coming. So I'm like, mm. I, I go outside. I'm like, I don't, my name's on it. I don't know what this is. And so I opened it outside because I was afraid, you know, because I'm a, because I'm a, if it was going to blow your face off, you didn't want Stephanie have to clean the house. Yeah. No, all the blood. No, I, I no. <laughs> and then I open it. And the first thing I see is a trash bag and I'm like, what's in the box? What's in the box? It's just like, I'm like, it's a head. Come on. And no, it was uh, actually a, it was, I was so excited. Like Steph will tell you. Mm. I was like, I pulled out the first bottle. I'm like, oh my God. It was American Solera and it was Prairie, which uh, this, the guy who started Prairie Artis, Artisan Ales um, sold the business to his buddies. And then I think started American Solera. American Solera but and Prairie are two of my favorite breweries in the country from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. And I was like, holy shit. And I just kept pulling out all these cans. I didn't even know they made IPAs. I, we don't have them here in Colorado. So I'm pulling out IPAs in cans. I'm pulling out uh, American Imperial Solera. Stout in there. Dude, it, I was so giddy with excitement. So which one are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking... Um, Peach Bone, and it's an Indian pale ale with strawberry, milk sugar, and vanilla. Ugh, and you can just I, taste a little bit of all that. It's, it's so I had it that night. <laughs> I couldn't <it> was, <laughs> I couldn't wait. I had it. And then I'm drinking um, American Solera Jam Skate, 
which is a double IPA with Enigma, Citra, and Simcoe, 8% mm. alcohol. So, well, I might have to have that next. We are, you know, it's, it is. I mean, we have like a whole good. slew, so we really, you know, can enjoy slowly. Robert, Robert Don't. R., thank you. Thank you. And also, thank you so much. Like, seriously, appreciate yeah. it. Um, don't wait too long to drink those IPAs. Mm. Way too long. I'm serious. Drink them fresh, baby. Mm. Drink them fresh. Today, we're talking about mortgages. <laughs> All fun. <laughs> and specifically, how to pay them off strategically. Mm. Because I have recently been thinking a lot about this. And I... I all right, and so we've I had guess, a lot of questions about this as well. Oh, good. All right. So the first thing I want to know is like, in, personally, this is kind of a selfish question, but like, should I or shouldn't I? You know, like, what are the what are the pros? What are the cons of actually paying off your mortgage early, right, or, or so, faster, or whatever? So uh, it's really easy to kind of look at these like high level numbers. Like, for example, if you have a two hundred twenty thousand dollar mortgage. Um, mm-hmm. At four percent over thirty years, you're going to pay a hundred and fifty-eight thousand in just interest. Interest, yeah. So that's a lot. It's an it's an insane amount. That's a ton of money. Yeah. Um, more than you would even need for a down payment on an awesome size home. But it's like not fair to look at this huge number that slowly dribbles out over thirty years. Mm-hmm. So um, I think th- so. It's kind of lay out before we get into it, the reasons why. You might want to mm-hmm. pay it off strategically. A lot of people want to like retire early, yeah, uh, or like optimize their cash flow. Obviously, mortgage payments suck, um, right? <clears throat> they want to kill the interest. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is it is an expense. You know, it's mm. it's there, and it's you. It's probably your biz, biggest expense. And so, I look at it and go, "How do I get rid of this giant expense?" But well, right. let's get into like why this even might make sense. Yeah, or why even do it? Mm. Why would you want to strategically pay off your mortgage faster? So one thing that like immediately comes to my mind, um, or something that would make me consider it is, I've been unsure about the market lately. We got all these sure. tariffs going on. Um, without getting political, I don't think that much is being done from an economically sound point of view. Sure. Makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. And so worried about potential returns in the market. Yeah. Well, one way to lock in your returns is to pay off an uh, X interest loan. So if you have like a 20% interest credit card, if you pay that off, you're guaranteed return on paying that down. And the same was with the mortgage. If it's 4% interest, mm-hmm. you could at least guarantee 4% return on your cash. Right. Right. Over you know thirty years or whatever, sure. so so that's definitely a viable reason, right? Okay. Um, <clears throat> what about wanting to get like the, the whole fire movement? People want to get to fire, be completely debt free. Mm. Is that just another reason to want to do it? Right? It's, definitely. It's, yeah. I mean, if you want to like reduce your expenses extremely low, so that I don't know, like not to like say you shouldn't have a shack on the beach and fish, but if you wanted a simpler life. Mm-hmm. Without things holding you down, like loans, um, right? I, look, Mister Money Mustache was able to get his expenses to like thirty thousand a year by paying off his mortgage, right? You know, so some freedom certainly comes with that. And then, but what's the like? Okay, I I understand that, and that makes sense to me. But at the same time, 
that increases your monthly expenses during this short term in the short term, right? For sure. Is or I mean, so what are the cons then? Because I think the con is one, obviously I just mentioned higher your your cash flow is kind of locked up in paying off your mortgage. And you're not if you're buying a rental property, for example, mm. don't you want to use your loan as leverage? Like, isn't that a good thing? You, you'll get a higher return because right. you're going to have to put less of your own money down, right? To kind of like do the deal. So for th- this, maybe doesn't necessarily apply to rental properties, and I know yours is, and we're going to talk about it, okay, specifically. But um, the thing is, it just won't perform as well as a normal investment. Um, your your mortgage is a 4% interest rate. Um, mm-hmm. On average, the market's going to do 7%. So right. 30 years is super long term. You're, you're just going to earn more in the market than right. you would saving on interest. Right. So, and so instead of taking... So the idea is having a 30-year mortgage, putting down, let's say, 20%, um, if you can, whatever... You're only, you know, you're you're paying four percent in interest. Sure, you're going to lose one hundred and fifty eight thousand on that two hundred and twenty. But if you were to take that same amount and put it in the stock market, you would make more. And so, therefore, your money's being tied up in your house when it could be actually used in the stock market, which would make you more money than it being than you paying off your mortgage faster. Right. Okay. And and then maybe another tack on con to that is, uh, and and the. The rules have changed. So this is like the latest rules. A married couple can deduct up to $750,000 a year in interest on their mortgage. So Ah, the amount of home and size is ungodly large. So you're almost guaranteed to be able to write off all of your mortgage interest on your taxes. Yeah. And that that means that the cost of your interest, say your tax rate is 25%. uh That means your interest is... 25% 25% less because you're not right. paying taxes on that income. So that 158,000 in interest you'd pay over the life of the loan is actually less because you're saving on taxes on that money. Okay. So with that alone, that math alone means that I really shouldn't want to pay off my mortgage faster. In, Mathematically it doesn't make sense to do that. I would say that if you had just gotten your mortgage, and I think you're maybe like 10 years in, so you still have a yep. long time left, yep. broadly speaking, I would say that math-wise, it would not make sense. Okay. However, and then this is like the thought of you putting an enormous amount of money in mm-hmm. um, and just paying it off. Uh, yeah. But I think that there, if you sit somewhere in the middle where you look to accelerate the payoff, yeah. Um, you shave off some of the risk you might take by being fully invested in the market. So if you're not sure the market's going to do good, take some of the money you're investing, put it towards your mortgage because you're going to get a guaranteed return on that. Okay. And uh, we, we have a bunch of ideas on how to do that effectively. <clears throat> All right. Let's say right now I have a hundred and uh, I owe 130000 on my mortgage. Mm-hmm. My house is worth 135000 Fuck you. <laughs> real estate um i have probably $130,000 just in that i could that i could make liquid quickly mm-hmm. you know from betterman and my roth and uh savings and stuff 
do you think it would be very stupid for me to take all of that money out and literally pay off my house tomorrow? Yes. Why? Um, so it, uh, it's this thing, it's called the, the time value of money, right? Okay. And so the reason the time value of money exists is because uh, like, if you held cash or mm-hmm. if you put in investments and it's yours, it'll be worth more in the future. Yes. Um, but people are willing to pay a cost for that money now. You know, that's why there's like interest on loans. Yeah. Because people need money, money now. now. Right. Um, you said you said to put all of your money in. Let's like all the money that I have, mm. right? I can pay off my mortgage tomorrow. I can. I can mm. do that. Therefore, no more mortgage payments. Somebody's renting it right now. I would have rental income, but ultimately I would have nothing. Like I would be left with I would have nothing. I would have one asset, which would be my house, my condo in New Jersey. Right. So okay, Matt. So you put $130,000 into your mortgage. Yep. Uh let's say that you have 20 years left. On your mortgage. I do. Right? Perfect. Average return in the market is going to be mm-hmm. 7%. 20 yep. years is a super long time. Yep. That $130,000 in 20 years uh-huh. will be worth over half a million dollars. 503000 Okay. Okay. So that, but my house will not be worth. But your house will dollars. not be worth that. Right. And so then right. all of your capital is locked into this uh, one property. Yeah. You can only tap it with, you know, a, a HELOC or selling it. Sure. Um, it, it wouldn't, I don't think that that would be a good idea, especially okay. because you're not living in the house. You're not really reducing your costs. It's mm-hmm. it's a rental property. So let's say that somebody just has $130,000 in cash sitting in a savings account right now. Mm-hmm. And they also, you know, they're in the same situation. Like, does that money make sense? Like, would so, that make sense? Or would it be like, no, actually take that 130, put it in the stock market and just pay your mortgage off slowly? Like, I, so... What I'm what I'm hearing is this a similar thing when it comes to like car loans. It's like why would you want to pay your car loan off faster? Mm. It's it's a two percent interest rate, right? It you, you can make you know three times the amount of money putting that putting those dollars that you would be putting into your car right now to pay it off faster into the stock market. You would actually make more money than it would be to pay that car off sooner. So and then okay. obviously the car is a shitty. It's not even an asset. It's a liability. So it's literally the dumbest thing you could do is 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 that versus right. I mean that's if you have an expensive car that you needed a loan for versus buying something that's like five thousand dollars that's obviously Here, something different. Here's an example where where it might make sense. Um, let's say that you were fifty, you were forty five. I don't know. You were, you were, you didn't have this huge time horizon to retiring, and you want okay. to retire sooner. Right. Uh, investing in the market is that much riskier because we're like collapsing. From, we're not we're from long term to like medium or short term. Sure. Right. And then it may make a ton of sense to invest essentially in the mortgage because mm-hmm. you're guaranteed that return. It's safer. Right. Right. And so I think that is certainly something. So, so age age factors in on this decision. Or risk appetite, right? Like if you're completely okay. afraid of investing in the stock market, we could tell you ten times out of ten times you'll make more money in the market, but uh, don't stuff it on your mattress. Like at least put it towards the debt. Okay. So, um, is there anything else we should cover before we take a break? Because I want to, I want to talk about, I have this idea of doing like a refi into a 15 year and then like really not changing my monthly payments at all, but maybe being able to pay my 
um, rent or my mortgage off five years faster. And mm. I, I know there's different strategies for perhaps not increasing your monthly payments and still being able to pay off your house faster. So we we have exactly four strategies. Okay. Uh, one of which Laura and I are using for our current mortgage. Okay. Uh, that will get you done faster and uh, makes like the most sense mathematically. All right. Then let's take a break. And you want to jump into that? Yeah. Let's do All it. All right. All right. Take a break. We'll be right back. All right. So j- tell me mm. just right now, what are you doing to pay your mortgage off faster? Like, what are you personally doing? So, um, Laura and I, when, when we bought this place, mm-hmm. uh, we bought it knowing that we didn't like, we, we bought it knowing we're not going to be here for the rest of our lives. Right. Okay. We may be here, be here for like five years, maybe 20 years. I don't know. We don't know. It's likely that we'll move. And so we okay. made a mortgage decision based on that. What was the factors? Like, what were you looking for? Like, what were the criteria for the mortgage? Um, we, we wanted the lowest interest rate possible. Okay. So, so we, we wanted to use the fact that we knew that we weren't going to be here for 30 years to try and reduce our cost. Did you, when you, when you shop for the mortgage, did you like compete, like make banks compete to get lower and lower interest rates? For, for sure. Okay. Uh, and I think specifically we wound up choosing Wells Fargo purely wow. based on rate. I mean, they just what, had. What it is un- your rate, if you don't mind? Um, I think it's three point two five percent. Oh shit, low. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so um, the way that we so at at the time, I think mortgages were about four percent or so. Yes. Um, I downloaded the uh, the historical mortgage rates in the U.S. Uh-huh. and it's like by month over. I think they have it back to. I don't have the spreadsheet open now. They have it back many many years, and there are occasions where um there's a 30 year rate and then there are ways to like reduce that rate so like one way might be a 15 year right because it's less risk for the bank so the rate might be lower yeah but um the lowest rates we were able to find were in arms or adjustable rate mortgages right and so what (sighs) we (laughs) i see you like getting excited (laughs) no it's scary well, see, that's the thing. It's really scary when you don't understand the product mm-hmm. and you don't do some research. And this is why I got the mortgage rate chart because I wanted to understand what could the possible worst scenarios be yeah. and like what are the real costs. So we went with a 7-1 arm. And what that means is for the first seven years of the mortgage, we have a fixed rate that was way, way, way lower than the, the default 30-year Got it. So for those first seven years, if we paid what we would have paid with a 30-year mortgage, right? even though the rate's lower, we would have made so much more ground because we're paying in principle, principle that extra right, amount. Right. So, so you did a lot of upfront. You like front-load it, paying off the house as much as you could when you had the low interest rate. Right. Well, what guaranteed we did is, low interest rate. It's basically interest rate arbitrage. Like- we would have never looked at. We wanted to buy more house. You know, we're going to mm-hmm. put twenty percent down. Yeah, and so and that twenty percent came from the other house. You came, sold the house. You had a, extra, right? Right, but you it's not it like over. we had enormous amounts just sitting that we wanted to put towards the house. Sure. The, the point being is, we're going to put twenty percent down, 
Um, we wanted the the lowest payment monthly for our cash flow, so it was uh-huh. going to be like a thirty yearish type thing. But right. when you fit it into the seven one arm, uh, the payments are less. We were comfortable with the thirty year payment, and so we can make more progress. Mm. You know, paying as if it was thirty. Okay. Um, but I want to finish explaining the arm so that maybe the risk feeling, or at least you understand it. Okay. So the seven years, the rate is fixed, and then uh-huh. the rate can change. The, the one means that every year the rate can change. After it, seven years. After seven years. So on the yep. eighth year it can change, and then the ninth year, can, every year it could change based on- The market. Right. Change one time. And there's a cap, and I, it may be different for other mortgages, but the most it can change is it could go up 1% Okay. Year. And so- I downloaded the mortgage chart. I looked at historical things. Yeah. And there are almost no cases where we would even be hitting that cap. And, but I assumed that we would, it would go up 1% a year. And I think I capped it at, I don't know, I forget the exact number, like 7%. Okay. Some some like insanely high amount. Yeah. Yeah. And if we paid it like a 30 year from day one, it would never not work out for us. Got it. If we kept it, for 30 years. The thing is, sure, you're not going not, to. Right, because we're going to probably sell this well before seven. I think we're like three years in. Uh, and so, then, so you're, so you, okay, this makes sense to me now. So you did the seven one knowing you were going to leave before seven. So I don't have to worry about refinancing it. Right. So you got locked in at the at a super low interest rate in the first seven years, mm-hmm. but you knew you were going to be out. So, right. so even if you get so if you get out under seven years, like you don't even have to risk that one percent increase every year for the next what twelve or twenty whatever year, yeah, twenty three years. Even but the thing is, like <coughs> after seven years or really eight years, because you have that one year where it floats. Yeah. Um. It's so it'll max go up one percent. So that would put us at four point two five percent. Still, which is not, still awesome. Yeah. We could then refinance. Right. right. And so we right. could literally refinance into another seven one arm or, right. you know, th- our property value is increasing. And so there's a lot we there's a lot of decisions that we can make, a lot of levers we can pull to keep it from making in that in that for in those first seven years, did you pay more than what the monthly payment was? Some, but like ninety plus percent, I would say no. Okay. So you were just paying as if it was, so you had, so you had relatively like a low mortgage payment. Cause I mean, look, Laura and I have high risk tolerance sure. and, and the thing is like, we just wanted to optimize our cash flow. Yep. you know, and the most likely scenario like is that we will sell this before okay. then. And so right. I'm not looking to save on a three point, whatever percent interest rate. I'd rather put those savings into our businesses, into rental properties, whatever. Yeah. So, um, do you think that I should think about paying my mortgage off faster at, at, at any at, like any strategy that you can think of like would you recommend that to me at all knowing that it's a rental it's a rental property it's only got i only have $5000 worth of equity into it because it's you know i owe 130 but it's worth 135 via the zestimate which mm-hmm. i know is not you know, entirely accurate, but it's so check this out. So, so yes, I think that there are things that you should do. Okay. Um, knowing that you lean more towards like automation, you want to yes. make a decision or two, put it in place and kind of just like let it play out over time. hundred percent. Yes. 
So, and this is on a this is on a mortgage higher like than yours because I think you're, you said your mortgage is one hundred thirty thousand. One hundred thirty. But on a two hundred twenty thousand dollar mortgage, okay. If you paid an extra twenty dollars a month to okay. that mortgage, you would save seven thousand dollars over the life of the loan, and you'd pay it a year early. And okay. So, so the way that I think that you should view this is similar to the golden butterfly, where you have a portion of your money is in gold, right? A portion of your money is in bond, mm-hmm. and then you have other in stocks because you need other areas to kind of like taper the risk. Yeah. And so if you put a little bit more towards monthly, you know, dollar cost averaging style towards mm-hmm. this, you will lock in that return, which is kind of like countering bad things happening in the market. And okay. so for you, I'm $20 is like a-, a Nothing. Th- yeah. Right. You know, in this same example, if you just did it a hundred dollars a month, you'd save twenty eight thousand over the life of the loan, and obviously much much more as we get bigger. Twenty eight thousand off of one hundred and fifty eight thousand. Right. Right. Exactly. That's, so that's, I'm, that's significant. Significant huge, like hit hit or a chunk off. You know? Yeah, and and the reason this happens is because in the beginning you're paying mostly interests, and so any right. er, any additional payments early on is just has a massive impact. Like and, literally, and mortgage companies don't want you to do this. No, they they obviously don't want you to. So they make it harder for you to actually pay towards the principal, right? Like, like I can't just send in a check that's more money. Yeah. So it you know so I think Wells Fargo has this. A lot don't, and I can tell you all my rental property mortgage companies don't allow me to automatically pay more monthly right. towards just, principal. Right. You know, and so yeah, you could send a check or whatever. Yeah, it, you can do it. It's just not automatic. Mm. But but the point being is like, um, if say you just did this hundred dollars a month for the first fifteen years and then didn't, it wouldn't really change the outcome that much because the impact of those early payments early on is so much greater than at the end of the mortgage. Yeah. Um, so this is just a matter of just increasing your monthly. You're just increasing your monthly mortgage payment to so, pay it off sooner, right? And so, and so, just in, in incremental amounts. So you're not like saying. Hey, add an extra, you know, like double your mortgage payment every month to pay it off in half the time. It's no, it's just like an extra hundred bucks. And and for for like uh, um, kind of a dramatic effect, this two hundred twenty thousand dollar loan of four percent is going to cost you about thirteen hundred thirteen fifty a month. So a hundred dollars over thirteen fifty is a really small amount of an overpayment mm-hmm. with a meaningful impact. So. We talked about the ARM strategy, mm-hmm. and then this is the pay more sooner strategy. Okay. All right. So not massive, just a little bit. Okay. Can can be done. Can seems, be done. Seems seems reasonable and doesn't put a detriment into your like invest other investments. Right. Okay. What else we got? So so the HELOC. I still haven't heard I still haven't heard the one that I'm gonna do yet. I'll I'll save the HELOC to the last. It's it's really the least sexy, to be honest. All right. Um, so, so then we have one that we called uh, reduced <laughs> way, to, way to sell it. Way to sell people to the end of the episode. Like I'm going to, you know, we're going to save the worst for last. <laughs> well, well, you know, a lot of people email us about the HELOC stuff. And so I wanted to give it okay proper so justice. Sure. You know, maybe put That's it fair. to bed. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, this one is called reduce what's required. So if you think of like a, a line of like the horizon, right? Pay more sooner means like you're kind of above the horizon line that you're contributing more money higher yeah. than zero yep. and reduce what required what's required is like you go below the horizon line that like you're paying less than what you would have paid before okay 
and so that's so, like refinancing and, and and that's refinancing okay so that's what i could do so so right so that's what you could do and um there are costs associated with this sure but i think like you if have to we, do closing costs right so there could be closing costs. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there might be ways that there wouldn't be closing costs. I know like a streamline, right? Streamline um, refinance, and that'd be like refinancing with the same company you're currently with. Yep. Um, Different interest rate. Don't all have to come out and inspect the home. Right. There's a lot. Of, yeah. So super easy. And at the end of the day, the mortgage company knows the rates are lower, and they would rather keep you as a customer hmm. than like let someone else offering the same rate get you. And so the reduce what's required piece um it might cost you more in the long term right sure because let's let's say that you have a hundred thousand dollar loan right and you know you've paid it over time and you refinance maybe back to a hundred thousand even though you've paid some down your payments are going to go down but you're going to pay more interest yes right yep but because you you went from a 30-year loan to a 40-year loan right and so like bad deal right i mean like you're just going to be paying more interest for no reason right however like Mm. i think it's it's worth doing the math on it or perhaps being very thoughtful about like what you're going to do with those savings because if you Mm. just refinance it pay more interest and then go buy a bunch of uh uh Orbeez. I don't know. What, yeah. what do people buy now? <laughs> like, <what? laughs> let's, let's stick with Orbeez. I don't even okay. know what that is. <laughs> I know what Arby's is, though. Yeah, you buy just a ton of Arby's sandwiches. <laughs> right. I hear they have this great burger. <laughs> um, you just buy all of them. They don't um, have burgers. They have roast beef sandwiches. Roast beef. Mm. Roast beast. <laughs> so, Appetizing. Right. So if you're that, squandering. That would be a poor decision. So if you're squandering the savings, the monthly savings mm. that, you're re- that you're doing on the refinance, then yeah, you're just being a dumb dumb, right? You're just right. Okay, but you know, but. first of all, it really is not a terrible decision to do this. Like you're really, there are so many ways that you could really destroy your finances. Refi- like refinancing to a lower payment, like pretty low on the list, math wise, of like ruining your shit. And if and if you were moderately responsible mm-hmm. and you lowered your payment, let's say you save a hundred dollars a month. And then you take the hundred dollars a month, and it goes into a fund that you just invest, or you put that hundred dollars a month into a fund to buy rental properties from, where the return might be close to twenty percent. You know, like that would make an enormous amount of sense. You know, perhaps huh. perhaps you could do it, pay a little bit more in interest, and now you're able to uh, reach financial independence sooner. As a result, because you've reduced your costs, and I you think reduced it's your monthly expenses, right? So even though you're paying more over time, you're not feeling that effect today. Mm. And if you took the savings per month and applied that to something that had a greater return than the return that you're losing with that extended mortgage, then you are being smart. Exactly. If you it, are just using your house as a piggy bank, then you are being dumb. Right. Then then okay. it is a, you know, again, not the worst financial decision, but certainly a poor one. And so sure. really what you need to do is like almost forget about every number except for that 4% or whatever. And so okay. because that's the number to beat. The, the more the going to your mortgage, where is it going? And is it even remotely comparable? Okay. Like if you're going to take it and then buy gold with it, like 
well, like it's just never going to perform as good as putting it into your mortgage. Right. But there are plenty of places like your own business or whatever where you could earn more. Okay. I I see this on our sheet here. I see something highlighted in yellow and it's very, it pertains to me specifically. Read it in the third person. <laughs> you want to read it? Yeah, yeah. Matt is also considering refinancing the mortgage on his condo. Should he do this? When would it be worth it? Bought the condo for $180,000. It is now worth $135,000 on Zillow. Mortgage has $130,000 left. 30-year mortgage bought in 2008 with a 4.5% interest, $13,000 monthly payment, including taxes rent is out for 1490 a month and 166 dollars in hoa fees and 125 dollars in management fees so these are the when, numbers when it comes to a rental property mm-hmm. it, th- it's completely different because it's not this mm-hmm. expense of something that you live in it is a business and so and lowering your expenses sounds like a good business move well so at the end of the day you know we could talk about like, well, how much interest you pay, whatever, but businesses are successful when they make more money than what they spend. And that is that is all you really need to know for business. So even if you pay more interest, if you could reduce your monthly costs and take a profit, then then the business is successful. So I would say that it may make sense if if what you wanted to do is at least set it as a cash flow positive investment. I know it I- stresses you out that it's not. not yeah hasn't been for ever last five years mm. then i would consider a refinance really a full one i mean if i could do a streamline that would be great right because mm. it's like well okay and and maybe it's, it's worth saying also is that closing costs have to be factored in sure and uh i mean it depends on the closing costs but uh it, it may not make sense mathematically if it may not costs. actually lower my monthly payments if I have to add those closing costs onto those monthly payments. So if right. I can, so let my monthly payments right now are thirteen hundred, mm. which and I'm getting fourteen ninety, but with the HOA and my property manager, I still pay a little bit more per month. So mm. I'm still I'm still uh, contributing my own money towards this quote unquote business that you call it, right? However, if I can get that monthly payment down to a thousand dollars. Mm. Include that include closing costs. Well, all of a sudden, the, the it becomes profitable per right. month, and not the, by the, a lot, but it, but but certainly not. I'm not losing money every month. So so interestingly, because Laura and I have bought homes that are literally in that price range, so I could tell you that that closing costs are going to be less than ten for sure. But let's say okay. assume closing costs are ten thousand, and you have okay. twenty years left. Mm-hmm. So that makes an additional monthly cost of $42 a month. Okay. And and so that's how you would essentially figure out if it makes sense, the refinance. Yeah. And obviously I could take, now I'm, I'm paying 4.5% interest. So mm. I could take that, I have awesome credit. So mm. I could take that and go, hey, I can have banks battle out one another and get that down to maybe a whole percent lower, 3.5%, perhaps mm. even as low as 3.2% and go, well, hell, like not only am I extending the life out of the mortgage for another 10 years, so back to 30, I'm also lowering my interest mm. at the same time. The closing cost should basically be a wash at that point. Right. And it's just worth saying that um, when it's you worth look looking at, into, 
for sure. Okay. And I know that we had talked about this maybe like yeah. two years ago or whatever, but definitely worth looking into. And it's just worth also saying that the the thing you're measuring for rent with a rental property is cash on cash return. So yeah. how much money did you invest and what are you getting return on that? Is it and, per month? Per month, right? Like you want the cash flow to be higher than your expenses per every month, right? You want to be, you know, bringing in $1,500 a month with rental and rental income and maybe spending no more than you don't want to, you don't want to be paying more than 1500 a month. Right. But, but when I think, when I talk about the cash and cash return, you have to think of whatever remaining down payment is in there as the cash that you've put in. And then you have to look at the return that that cash is generating. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if the numbers are negative, like you have a negative cash and cash return, but if you could refinance it, um, like we'll improve that number. And that that's the key metric of the business. But it doesn't pay the mortgage off faster. In that case, no. In that case, no. But again, if the interest rate was, you know, whatever, it's the number to beat. And if you could lower your rate, not pay closing costs, like that alone makes financial sense. Got it. What's the last strategy? So the last strategy is something that I believe me and you talked about maybe like four or five years ago. Yeah, so I don't remember any of it. So okay. great. I don't even know what it stands for. Does it stand for something? So it, it's it's the HELOC strategy. Uh -huh. And a HELOC is a home equity line of credit. Got it. So if you say have a home and there's 50000 in equity because you put your down payment in and then the value has grown, you could borrow against that additional value on your home. Okay. So and if I owe $100,000, but my house is worth one hundred and fifty, I have $50,000 in... You wouldn't have the full 50. There's, I think it's like you can get up to maybe 80% of the home value. Okay, fine. Okay. You know, of whatever equity you have. Sure. But, but yes, essentially, you, it would be almost I'd like a 40, piggy 000. bank of your home's equity. Got it. And, and I may be regretting saying the word piggy bank, but it is essentially that. Okay. Understood. So... To, to really see if I could like glaze through this, okay. the, the way the HELOC strategy works you know, in a vacuum is that um, you're going to put your expenses on the HELOC instead of your credit card, and you're going to use this existing home equity that you have to essentially funnel money into your mortgage and pay it down sooner. So you're like, you're using the equity in your home to pay down the debt in your home, and you're kind of... If you could imagine just like a cycle. No, but you're not taking, let's say, let's say you have $50,000 in a line of credit from mm -hmm. your home equity, right? Yeah. You're not taking that lump sum 50 grand that you get and using that to pay your mortgage. Not, you're using not that exactly. To, no, it, you're using that to pay your living expenses as mm -hmm. a person. And then so that the money that you do make from your job can go into the mortgage. Right. And right. the idea and the reason yeah, the reason is because and I, I'm I'm actually it's all coming back to me. Okay. I think the reason is because a home equity line of credit is actually a super low interest rate. It's a low interest rate and the way that so in the beginning of your mortgage, the way it's amortized, uh you really benefit from paying additional capital in the beginning. Yes. Right? right. And then also um and and credit cards are involved with this is because for 30 days, and it's actually recommended you find a credit card with 15-day grace period, which is really pushing it. We'll Oof. get into the negatives. Yeah. The idea is you can 
put expenses on your card and pay no interest for these 30 to 45 days. And so uh, there yep. are a ton of moving pieces Oof, and I'm not yeah. going to recommend it because it is so much more likely that one month you will make a mistake and, and the consequences will be far more dire than the savings. <sighs> right. But the point is, if executed perfectly, you're, you're using arbitrage where your cash is sitting interest-free or your expenses are sitting interest-free in your credit card, your HELOC is a lower rate with interest calculated differently, and uh-huh. you're funneling it all to the- Your mortgage. Yeah. yeah your upfront mortgage, which is where you're- when, Yeah, because of the amortization, it's, it's you're paying off the, the interest faster so, right. that you're, so that you get to the paying the principal sooner. And truth be told, uh, we, we've done the math multiple times, and it is- really shitty difficult math to, okay. to do right there are savings to be found but they're not measured in like thousands of dollars you're we're talking about you know maybe a handful of thousands over 30 years okay you're really we're talking about very small savings monthly dollars tens of dollars mm. and the risk that you add in, in- is just because one missed more not fin- a financial risk. It's kind of like it's not a good financial risk. It's a like you make one mistake, you, you destroy your credit, right? Yeah. Like you 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 miss a credit Fuck, card no. payment, you miss a home payment. So it, it it sounds like somebody found this and it was like oh in like brilliant hack. Mm. Not literally like you have to be a hacker to do it. Like, like you literally have to be the most uh, diligent and ruthless hacker in order to mm. like execute this flawlessly. If it could be automated, you know, yeah, then maybe, story. But, sure. but, you know, to be perfectly honest, I would implore anyone listening to go and attempt to understand how this works. It will take you so long to really, Just, truly get it. Um, if, and if anything takes you that long, it's probably a terrible idea. It's okay. very complicated. Would you do it for a rental property, though? No, I, I want the leverage with the rental property. Oh, right. So no. Okay. A duh, Matt. <laughs> dumb, dumb. All right. <laughs> so, all right. We've we've covered all the strategies. I guess, like, what what's what what are, what do we wrap up with here? It's like, should you do it? So, in times of uncertainty, and I think that we're kind of in we're, we're a bit of an un- oh, uncertain absolutely. time. Yep. Right. So you don't know how performance will be in the future. And I'm not uh-huh. saying don't invest in the market. Laura mm-hmm. and I are still investing in the market, but Same. we're tapering it with things that are less risky. Like oh. savings accounts? Like the, the golden butterfly, for example, sure. that has okay. gold and bonds. And this is a way to essentially invest your money in your in own extremely thing. this is like a no risk investment. Okay. It just will never perform as well as anything else really so got it's it. some not all got right? it all right can you even pay it off in full early yeah why not do you ever think you'll ever be there or do you think you're always going to use it as leverage no because i'm going to use this leverage so that i could put the money into the businesses that we build rental okay. properties so you're just kind of a guy who's never going to have like a his mortgage paid off Every all payments are automated, uh-huh. um, and I'm just I'm just optimizing my cash. What's, what's give? All right, like every dollar has a job. It has to have the best job. I want them to have you know want it to work for you. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Will you ever? Do you think you? And this is a it's kind of a r- weird tangent. Will you ever own a car? <laughs> 
uh, so we're, we're having babies and we've talked about it. And <laughs> yeah. um, if it is up to me, no, we would never own a car. I think it's uh-huh. a terrible investment. It, uh, would you ever lease a car? Would I, I would definitely consider leasing a car. Before you would buy it. Buy. Yeah, be- before I would buy it. Okay, so let me, let me preface it with this. Laura and I, our discussions really are only involved with leasing. I would never buy one. Because, because you don't want your money tied up. What happens is like, uh, if you l- use the car for like however long it lasts, yeah, mm-hmm. it makes more makes more sense to buy it. But it's better. Like it really is just more cash efficient to lease it and then get rid of the car because that first X years is when it loses the most value. Sure, but if you were to buy, say, a five thousand dollar car versus leasing a twenty thousand dollar car. It, it, the story changes, right? Right. Like if I had to, if I had to drive, you know, ten minutes every day, a beater, you know, and sure. I would just buy the beater. Uh, right. Yeah, you'd buy something. You buy a, like a Honda for five thousand. Yeah, something stupid. Yeah. Right. Just get you point A to point B. Exactly. All right. Just I don't know. That's I was just curious. I I hope that I you never get to call me out on that because I really right. feel strongly about it. <laughs> All right. Well, if you missed anything in this episode, we'll have everything in the show notes. We've uh, we, there's a lot of show notes here. Mm. Um, you can either check your preferred podcast app or you can visit listenmoneymatters.com/show. And please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts and tell your friends about us. That's how we get listeners. Point them to your favorite episodes. Maybe they have a house. Maybe this is the episode you point them to, and hopefully they'll become a subscriber. And if you have any questions or topics you want us to talk about on future episodes of the show, of course, you can always email us, listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. All the tools, resources that we mentioned on the show are available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. That's it. Later, Andrew. Later, dude. Please tell your friends about this show. (laughs) 